This is a Federal News Network podcast. Congress might be preparing another big spend on coronavirus relief, but hundreds of millions from the CARES Act passed in March and intended for struggling nonprofits such as museums and arts organizations are still bottled up in the bureaucracy. That's the major finding of a fellow in public finance at Rice University's Baker Institute for Public Policy, Joyce Beebe. And she joins me now. Ms. Beebe, good to have you on. Thank you, Tom. Now, you've looked at the CARES Act spending, and we know that billions did go out for personal payments to individuals and so on. But what's going on with some of these other funds? Tell us about the funds and and what's going on that you've discovered. Yes, so far, the federal government has responded with four major relief packages, and currently we are negotiating the number five. And the CARES Act is the third federal relief package and the biggest one among the four so far. And the second um, package, the Family First Coronavirus Response Act, um, commonly known as FFCRA, together with the CARES Act and the other um, coronavirus relief packages, provided billions of funds to, as you mentioned, uh, emergency food assistance, as everybody um, are aware of that the food bank, for example, are under really high demand for many low-income or persons in need. So they not only have trouble recruiting volunteers and maintain people on payroll, they also have to compete with, say, grocery stores or other food suppliers in providing food available to um, certain communities. And obviously, um, other things like YMCA, they are obligated to keep operating their child care services, but certain programs are cut. So the federal government does have them in mind by providing and passing the laws, the FFCRA and CARES Act, for additional funding for their services that the federal government recognizes, the Congress recognizes the importance of their services to our community. However, the distribution or dispense of the funds is not as fast as we would hoped. And some preliminary findings or the data released by the government, federal government, in terms of how fast these funds are distributed, disappointingly showed that about probably 30% to about 40, 50% of the funds are given to those agencies they're in need right now. Got it. So there's a lot of money yet to go out. Now let's talk about one of these, the uh, $400 million to the Commodity Assistance Program. And this is for, you know, would help food distribution. What is the situation with that particular program? So basically, the government has, through the second and the third of the relief measure combined, allowed $850 million for this food assistance program. But what's happening is that, well, this is a new program, and they have to really create a channel or a measure through which the funds can go out. So pretty much similar to other measures that's passed through the CARES Act, some federal agencies have to basically, based on the law, write the regulations, and that's what is slowing them down. And the other programs are going to go through the state government. So that adds another layer of the bureaucracy, if you will. And this is true for that particular program, for the food bank assistance, food emergency assistance program. And there's other things, say, for the block grant, for the community services, and other things that has to go through the state. So you add another layer of bureaucracy right there. 
So one element for the food assistance program, for example, the supplemental nutrition assistance program given to the low-income community, save through the SNAP program, sure, or the WIC. WIC is the for women, infant, and children. So that is responsible by the Department of Agriculture. So they have to really dispense the fund to the local or state agencies, and obviously the state local agencies are also hit by the disruptional um, operations for the local operations. So they have to close their offices at the state, for example. So that slows things down. Got it. We're speaking with Joyce Beebe. She's a fellow in public finance at Rice University's Baker Institute for Public Policy. And then you also mentioned $3.5 billion child care and development block grant. And has that been given out? If not, how much is yet to go there? And what does that money do? So slowly, that is one of the programs that the federal government has to give out to the state level. So obviously, a lot of child care agencies or centers has been shut down. And the federal government is recognizing this. And as the economy slowly recovers or reopens, a few child care agencies have slowly reopened, and now it's more and more. So in order to enable workers to go back to work, this is important. And the um, federal government is recognizing that need and give the state the authority to allow the child care agencies to apply for this grant. Today, I would say slowly it's increasing the portion of the funds. It's there. It's slowly giving out, but it's still not as high as we would have hoped. And would you say that getting money to child care providing organizations is in some ways a catalyst for the greater economy so the parents can get back to work more easily? Certainly, that's very important. And not only reopening the facility, but that will keep the child care workers on employment, enable tons of workers, the parents that have young children um, to go, be able to go to work. And also, that's a very, very major benefit for the child development as well, because after from March to today, almost six months of staying at home, either homeschooling or staying with your parents only, it's very important for the child to go back for mental reasons and enabling the parents to return to work. Yeah, everybody has a mental reason for the kids to go back to school, I think, or back to child right. care. <laughs> right, exactly. What about funds for arts organizations and the National Endowment for the Arts and orchestras and opera companies and that kind of thing? So obviously, those art and museum and symphonies, um, they are suffering in um, a slightly different way, say, from the food bank. The food banks have huge demand. They have to basically operating at full throttle for their um, operations, probably have a surge demand. Um, the museum and symphony unfortunately had to shut down their concert halls and the exhibits. So they lose the operation revenue right away. But in order to keep the musicians and the staff on payroll, they still have those um personnel costs. And right now, even if the economy is reopening, they cannot fully operate at 100% and recoup their losses. And some of their visitors may not even feel safe to go back. So they're forced to sort of slowly go back or either um, providing the live stream of, say, some of their exhibits or music. So they not only are facing a different type of challenge in terms of loss of revenue, they also are facing another challenge, say, I have to 
modify my delivery in order to keep my visitors or donors, if you will. So there are some money earmarked in terms of a grant for National Endowment of the Arts and、um, National Endowment for Humanity. They are also in the form of block grants, and they are slowly going out, not as fast as we would like to. So again, going back to the original idea that the federal government really needs to just disperse those funds as soon as possible. In addition to negotiating the current fifth relief package, got it. Yeah, let's spend what we've got and then see what happens. I guess maybe would have been、right. a better strategy. Right, and also I like to mention many nonprofits have voiced their concerns about the existing programs that the federal government's already approved. So everybody by now, profit or nonprofit, probably heard about the PPP Paycheck Protection Program, and it expired、um, on August eighth. So basically, all the nonprofit or different industries came out to the Congress and say, "Hey, please." Modify the terms of the PPP because right now, since the economy is slowly going back to normal, we need to focus on not only the payroll protection. You need to focus on the operation and give us some liquidity or money to revamp our operation. So different organizations want the PPP to be revised in a slightly different way and. PPP is really a generous program in comparison to typical loans. However, Congress really needs to weigh in different type of requests. So, for example,、uh, a lot of nonprofit, hundreds of them, wrote to the congressional leaders and say, "Please make the PPP more generous to nonprofit organizations." And perhaps you can get rid of the limitation in terms of the number of employees, so more nonprofits can benefit, and also that maybe you can make some of those loans not only limited to paycheck protection, because right now reopening our operations or reopening our concert halls or museums is more important, and we need to use that money to buy protective gears and training our employees, for example. Joyce Beebe is a fellow in public finance at Rice University's Baker Institute for Public Policy. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview along with a link to her findings at federalnewsnetwork.com/slash/federaldrive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to one thousand dollars your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma dot com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away. Think twice before sending money through an app or online.